With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to a Baseball is Back edition of the Powder Blue podcast. (laughs) Finally, (laughs) we can say with certainty there will be a 2020 baseball season. How about that? Frank Close here, joined by Jeff Mosher. And and Jeff, how do you feel to know that there will be baseball? Well, Frank, I... You know, mixed reactions. Obviously, very happy there'll be some baseball. You know, we've done this show for a while now that I really wanted something closer to 100 games. So I wanted the max number of games. So obviously, 60 is not great, but it's something. And I still feel like it's difficult to throw your positive emotions or any emotions really fully in because. Because the agreement is there, they want to play baseball, but COVID may get in the way still. I mean, it's gotten in the way of some other sports or at least practices that have tried to start up, but yet there has been soccer and there has been Korean baseball. So uh, maybe Major League Baseball stands a fighting chance. So I'm I'm just, there's always a little bit of a cautious optimism here. Well, COVID has hit the Carpenter Complex. Now, a number of Phillies have tested positive along with Phillies staff. But you know what? Uh, One thing I was mentioning on the Sports Bash earlier with Mike Gill is that these players that have been working out in Clearwater are not in any sort of contained environment right now. You know, they're just kind of coming in and out, coming and going as they need to, going to grocery stores, I'm sure going to restaurants or other types of store, you know, regular society. I have to assume that they'll be pretty much closed off from the rest of the world once this thing gets going. Well, that's going to be a big part of making sure this thing is done and done correctly. I mean, I think that we'd be fools if we felt that from when, when are they get reporting July for like next week, about a week, a week from now, July 1st or so. We'd be fools to think from that point on to the start of the season, either the 23rd or the 24th of July, and then into the season, there will be no impact of COVID on baseball from a health standpoint. But we've got baseball, and we'll have to deal with it. And I'm sure we'll complain about it if, uh, you know, say the Phillies are missing three-fifths of their pitching staff because of COVID. <laughs> or, uh, well, maybe we won't, actually, given their pitching staff. No, no, that's a different tangent. I'm not going to go down that road right now. Yeah, but, we'll actually get um, to talk about, like, actual players yeah. and, and how well they play and whether or not they belong in the starting rotation again, right? <laughs> right. So, no, I do look forward to having some – some talk, some conversation, some interesting things, you know, that have come out. I mean, the idea that there is going to be a trade deadline, which I'm sure we'll get into is, is a little bit fascinating. And then the idea of, um, I think we always thought, right, that there was going to be some kind of adjusted alignment of the teams. And it's really not, but they're, the schedule is adjusted to minimize travel. Yeah, so let's let's break down this this agreement, and there's there's so much to talk about here. So I feel like I want to get to get to everything at once, but of course <laughs> that's not doable. So why don't we try to go one by one? And uh, and mm-hmm. I posted this sort of breakdown to to sportstalkphilly.com and to 973espn.com. And so so 60 games. That's that that is how it's going to work out. 
And that 60 games is going to be against their own divisions and against mm-hmm. the opposite divisions from the other leagues. So this is pretty interesting. The Phillies are not going to see the Chicago Cubs. They're not going to see the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not going to see the San Francisco Giants and Gabe Kapler. I know mm-hmm. Hunter will be very disappointed that Gabe Kapler will not be managing against the Phillies this year. But Crushed. Yeah. <laughs> but the Phillies will play the Baltimore Orioles, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Dunedin, perhaps, Blue Jays, <laughs> and the New York Yankees, and the Boston Red Sox. I don't Sox. know if Dunedin is a better place to be right now than Toronto, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's – I think the problem is, yeah, so, so it sounds like you can't get back and forth to Canada. So, which, so um, right. yeah, actually, uh, just a side note on that. So our, our good friend, Baseball Betsy, if you follow her on Twitter, at, at Baseball Betsy, uh, she lives in Dunedin, and she was notice, noticing that they were installing new lights – they just renovated this ballpark this past off season, and now they're installing brand new lights, which seems to indicate that Major League Baseball might be played there. That they need some new lights for, uh, for for some Major League play. So it's it looks like looks like Dunedin's gonna be it. But so what do you what do you think about that arrangement? That you're you're playing sixty games. It's gonna break down to forty against your own division, and twenty against the the opposite division as they're sort of calling it so phillies yeah. will get 10 games against the marlins the, the braves and that that didn't change all right you know we we had seen some discussion about how the braves could be in a different division than and the pirates be in the east i would still like that long term because i love pittsburgh love when they play together i miss the rivalry uh but so regular division so nats braves marlins mets so 10 games against each normally they play 19 and then I guess it's five. Here's the here's the thing. I assume this is going to be a balanced schedule, right, Jeff? I mean, this, this you would have to assume uh, they would I, I balance it. I can't imagine it, right? it making sense any other way. So yeah, you've got your your fifty games against the division teams, and you got to you know you split that up evenly, right? And then you've got your ten games, uh, not ten games. What is it? Uh, I'm sorry, forty games against division teams, and then so twenty forty against division against teams. the other. So I guess that's conference. ten against each, and then five against the opposite. No, four, five excuse apiece. me. Because, yeah, no, yeah, no, five, yeah, you're right. Four apiece. You got to divide 24, <laughs> five ways. Because... <laughs> right. So theoretically, I like this, Hunter, because, Hunter, Frank, because um, <laughs> A, I think, you know, for healthy and safety protocol, it makes sense. You're, you're minimizing travel. But B, I mean, I, I like the idea that, and Hunter brought this up last podcast. I, I've been down on this truncated schedule, this sprint over a marathon type schedule because that's not how baseball is. But if you're going to do it that way, then you should have 60% of your games, if not more, be against your division. I mean, that's, that's where it should count. So, yeah, it sucks that we won't see Gabe Kapler and the Astros and all that, but I would rather in this short, shortened schedule play the Marlins, the Braves, you know, the Mets, and, um, and uh, the Nationals because I think that'll make it so exciting. You know, we talk about the it is a sprint now, and you're going to be playing the teams that you're your natural rivals and in your division. And every game, it really is going to matter a little bit like an NFL season. Every series you play really will matter. You can't can't afford to have a couple of bad series because you could fall divide, uh, back in your division quickly. And then, you know what? It's pretty cool in this because we've already thrown the conventional rules out, right? It's pretty cool that they'll get to play the Yankees, the Red Sox, uh, Blue Jays, Rays, and, and uh, Orioles. Um, I say this is all pretty cool, but that's pretty brutal that they have to play the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rays, 
Uh, the Blue Jays, I thought, were going to be a much improved team. You know, they got every, every kid's every, – every legend's kid there with Pichetti and Biggio and, uh, and Guerrero. So they're, they're, that could be an improved team, too. Don't forget Mark Later Jr. Are you serious? Yeah, they have Mark Later Jr. right now. <laughs> totally forgot about Mark Later. Well, I said legend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't quite put Mark Leiter, uh so that's Mark Leiter Sr.'s son, uh, up there with Vlad Guerrero and Craig Biggio <laughs> and, and Dante Bichette. Well, I, I guess they're onto something, just drafting uh, the right DNA. So maybe, maybe that's yeah. something the Phillies can, can do in the future. So, so, but here's the thing. They only play those teams four times. So, I mean, like, if how, how badly could go in one and three against a hot Yankees team or a hot Rays team that might not totally make all the difference? Because all the other teams in your division are playing them too. Right. The, the interesting thing will be, do they break that up into a home and home two-game series apiece, or do you just knock it all out in a four-game series? I think home and home in, in normal, if you were doing this in a normal season, would be fair, but since there's no fans and no theoretical home field advantage and you're trying to mitigate travel, then maybe you should just have these games all knocked out in a four-game series. Yeah, very interesting point. Is it really a home? I mean, you could have the home team be whoever, just bat second, <laughs> right? I mean, you might <laughs> sure. have to be a little bit creative with that. And, and, and certainly, you know, the nice thing about um, the, the Blue Jays playing in Dunedin would be that they're right near the Tampa Bay Rays who play in St. Pete. So, you know, if, if you can schedule it so the teams sort of go back to back from, from city to city, that would take a lot of the burden off. And certainly you could go New York to New York. And Philly, Baltimore, like there's, there's a lot of they, uh, or, or Baltimore um, and D.C. So a lot of them pair up nicely. Uh, Atlanta's kind of, and, and Boston kind of are the outliers, I guess. And yeah, this I still don't get why Toronto wouldn't just play in the AAA stadium in Buffalo. Uh, I, honestly, to me, that would make a lot more sense, especially if you're not going to have fans. It's closer for them and it's more of a northeastern design there to keep that travel limited. It doesn't I make like, sense I, to me. I, I would do it. Unfortunately, Jeff Mosher, you do not make the decisions for, no, I don't. <laughs> for, major, for major league baseball. So, all right. So that's, so that'll be the schedule. That's how that's going to break down. And let's talk for a second about how the, the roster is going to look. So uh, transactions are allowed to resume on Friday. So there's been a transaction freeze. So you haven't been able to, for example, sign JT real Muto to an extension or even discuss one with him. Although you got to wonder if they've had some off to the side conversations. Yeah, I'm sure, they've well, had no discussions. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, so, so maybe they can do something with that sooner. And 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 hey, let's face it. Maybe given the economic uncertainty and and the fact that a new CBA is coming up, there could be a strike. Maybe this is a good time to make a deal with him, or you give him some nice signing bonus money on 2022 in case there's a strike. You know, I, I think there's ways that that you can make this and JT Real Muto's interest to sign this contract right now. So, uh, but besides JT Real Muto, uh, you can make other moves. Uh, one interesting thing right now is that there's going to be a designated hitter. Some teams assembled a team without a designated hitter. Now, uh, I, we've talked about this before. The Phillies are probably in a pretty good shape. They've got Jay Bruce. They have Alec Bohm perhaps coming in down the pike, and and we'll see if he's with them from the start or not. But, uh, um but they, they have some options. Uh, you know, a, a lot of teams are just going to put their worst fielder in the, uh, in the designated hitter spot. So uh, I would assume that, that we see the Mets throw Robinson Cano there or um, Ioannis Cespedes if he's healthy and, 
uh, you know, mm-hmm. these guys would have played otherwise, uh, you know, so somebody's in, somebody's in the lineup that's not a starter. And then you'd see, like, the, the uh, Washington Nationals, they signed Eric Thames, so then Ryan Zimmerman probably can be your designated hitter, and Eric Thames will, will start. So there's nothing earth-shattering here. Somebody will probably sign Yasiel Puig now in the National League uh, because mm-hmm. uh, he's still out there, and he's a perfect designated hitter. So, uh, so but anyway, you can start to make some moves. If you're the Phillies, are there any moves to make, really? No, and, you know, we've talked about this. I feel like the Phillies were one of the few teams that were probably, I don't want to say better equipped, because I think a lot of National League teams now try to get a first man off the bench, uh, you know, with all the interleague play that's as good as maybe their, their, their worst starter, right, or maybe even a little bit better righty-lefty dependent. So, you know, for the Phillies, Jay Bruce now probably gonna, is going to get a lot more at-bats in time as a DH than he might have had to be in the platoon situation. So uh, obviously Andrew McCutcheon had a lot of time here to rehab. Hopefully it's gone well. So you're hoping that he's able to go and Harper's able to go. And, um, you know, I think getting Roman Quinn and the, uh, be able to get him in the lineup with a Jay Bruce or with a uh, Adam Hazley is going to be a great thing too. Yeah, so there's lots there, of mix and match yeah. opportunities. Yeah, you mentioned the Mets. I mean, they, they, they want to get Dominic Smith on the field, but they know they're not taking – Pete Alonso out of the lineup, so that's a good opportunity for them. The well, they've got with, several DHs up there in New York, though. <laughs> yeah, they really do. <laughs> they are an American League team. So, um, you know, the big question will be, well, there's two things. One, how, how, how are pitchers going to hold up in this scenario? And secondly, I thought I saw a report, Frank, that was from John Heyman, that there's going to be like a Nashville-centric minor league circuit going on there where <laughs> so, everybody's free agent and you can just pluck them? So let's, let's, let's break this down one thing at a time. So, um, Damn, so for, for, first in terms of the roster construction, so the teams are going to start with 30 players, right? So you're, it's your question about the durability of pitchers, you can throw some extra pitchers on your roster. So the Phillies, they brought in all these veteran arms like Francisco Liriano and Drew Storin and um, – I'm, I'm losing track of all the names because I haven't talked about them in three months. But <laughs> who's the other righty who <laughs> Those used to are the two the that Braves? stood out to me. Oh, I want to uh, say Anthony Bud Norris. Sw- What's that? Bud Norris, right? Bud Norris, right? And then and who's the other guy? Was it Anthony Swarzak or am I mixing him up with another ex-Brave? <laughs> it's, it's really been no, so it's- long since the <laughs> Phillies, uh, you know, literally right. it's been more than three months since I actually <laughs> we actually sat and talked about this this bullpen construction so um mm-hmm. but you know the Phillies have some options they can have some extra arms around you know there was going to be an extra starter around if you consider Velasquez and uh, and uh, Pavetta starters and Ranger Suarez is around so uh, certainly right. they signed Zach Wheeler so um so you have some time to sort of even get that all worked out and have some extra arms around and um, maybe in the beginning you throw an extra starter in for a turn. I mean, you have 66 days to play 60 games. So, um, you know, this, this spring training too, even though it, it's in summer and they never actually had spring training in spring, by the way, it's shut down. It was still winter and now we're in the summer. So show you how long hmm. we've been shut down, but, um, but, but you have some, uh, you have some, uh, opportunities here for, for some players to, to, to make this opening day roster and figure out where they fit in later. So, so uh, so that's going to become 28 man rosters after two weeks. So if you throw an extra starter in for the first 10 days, maybe that helps you out a little bit. Uh, then you go to the standard 26 after four weeks. I say after four right. weeks, that's, that's by the time that is, it's already the end of August, right? So you're, you're, there's, there's only going to be like eight weeks in this whole eight to 10 weeks in this whole season. Right. So, um, 
so 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 the uh, roster will be uh, flexible in the beginning, and there will be a trade deadline. That that's going to be interesting, huh? When you start uh, July twenty fourth, and then by August thirty first, you have a trade deadline. Like, are are any teams going to actually feel out of it at that point that they would actually no. make a trade? I can't imagine. I think it's really strange that they're putting in a trade deadline. I, I I'll be surprised. I think because you know. Uh, who knows what to expect, but I'll be surprised if there are major pieces moved at the trade deadline. Well, you know, here, here's the thing. Now, now uh, we talked before about players getting COVID. I mean, the, uh, there is going to be a, a COVID sort of, I, guess, I don't know if injured list is the right word, but uh, if you have COVID, you can, there's no good, not going to be any number of games that you have to put somebody on, but certainly COVID could knock somebody out. And if, if if it's August 28th and you lose one of your best players uh, to COVID and you don't know if he's going to be back and let's say, Hey, maybe you get dehydrated along the way. You have to work yourself back. You might need to make a trade, <laughs> you know, to, to fill out your that's roster. Point. So, so that's something. You also wonder, to- yeah, a guy like JT Real Muto, if he's not signed before the deadline and the Phillies are, are, are struggling that department, you wonder if they unload him. you know? I don't want to go down that road yet, but uh, <laughs> hopefully the Phillies are still in. I mean, I think they'll be at least enough into it that, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to declare them a lock right now because it looks like we're going to the standard playoff format. But um, right. but I think they would be in it somewhat that they, they might be able to use JT Real Muto. Uh, and one more thing, too, the, the roster deadline for playoff rosters will be September 15th. So season set to end the 27th. So two weeks before, less less than two weeks before, Anybody who's going to be on your playoff roster needs to be there. So if for some reason they hold back Alec Bohm or Spencer Howard, as long as they're on by September 15th, they can rock and roll in the playoffs. So, so this, is, this is a whole lot of stuff about the roster construction. Now, to your point there, there's a, uh, there's a report out there right now that they could use Nashville. Whoever would have thought of Nashville as a baseball city? But unsigned play – now, by the way, there is a camp uh, that, that's kind of common for unsigned players. Usually they play in Bradenton, Florida, uh, right. where unsigned players can play with one another and, uh, you know, just stay in shape so that, that, that they can catch up with the team. Well, they're talking about using Nashville. Now, let's face it, Florida is not the best place to be right now for, uh, for coronavirus. So the two, mm-hmm. the two spring locations, Arizona and Florida, are – among the two worst in the country right now for, for new cases. So um, you're not going to see uh, them hanging around Bradenton, Florida right now. Uh, so maybe there'll be an opportunity for a, a, uh, a camp here. So um, now the, the Nashville sounds, all right. So they would be sort of the, the, uh, the place that would host these games and it would just be free agent versus free agent. So this is, that's a pretty interesting uh, development here now. Uh, the Nashville Sounds are the AAA affiliate of the Texas Rangers. And so First Horizon Park in Nashville might be home to something. Now, that's, that's, that's pretty interesting here. Now, they did release a statement just a couple moments ago, actually, since we've been talking. The Nashville Sounds say they've had discussions with Major League Baseball about the possibility of hosting games that would consist of free agents competing against each other at First Horizon Park this summer. We continue to have meaningful discussions with baseball officials and local health officials with hopes of baseball in Nashville in 2020. So, so how about that? You know, that, that kind of speaks to the, the point we just made. You know, what if, what if you lose? I mean, the, the way this virus spreads, right? You know, 
you, you could spread it to – I mean, look at the Phillies themselves. They, they've got 12 people in their organization as of the moment we're recording this that they're probably – I think only one of them was, was completely off-site out of Clearwater, but 11 of them got it in Clearwater. You know, maybe mm-hmm. that was just because of close contact. There's the possibility that somebody who gets it that not showing symptoms, they could spread it. You might need to sign a few players. Yeah, I would think so. I think that, that I'm just surprised to pick Nashville. I, I, I was under the impression, and I haven't done all the research, that a lot of the southern cities um, are struggling with this. I know Texas, Florida, Arizona. So I would have thought there are plenty of AAA places in the Northeast. I know they're, they're probably trying to keep a centralized location to make it easy on travel. I get that. Um, you know, Indianapolis has a AAA team, nice field. I, I, I don't know how the COVID results have been in Indiana, though, so I, I don't want to speak out of place. I'm just surprised Nashville was, was chosen. Nashville's in Tennessee, by the way. What did I say? Indiana. No, I said, why didn't they consider oh, why Indianapolis? Did they pay? Okay, okay, all right, sorry either. <laughs> for a more central location, and that wasn't in the South. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, maybe maybe just access to planes. I, I, I don't know. But it's kind of nice point. that they'll have that, right? Because you might need to grab somebody. I mean, there are still some, some unsigned players. I mean, I mentioned Yasiel Puig. He probably gets yes. signed by a National League team right now. Who knows? Maybe the Marlins call him because Mar- I don't think they had a I don't think they had a complete lineup yet, but but they'll, they'll <laughs> need a DH. So so who knows? But but it'd be nice to see people uh, like that. Tyler Clippard is a, is a is an example of a veteran reliever that might help somebody who is unsigned. I heard him commenting on this idea here. Uh, but but more about this, the way that this is going to work out in terms of the roster here. So you've got a forty man roster. And then you've mm-hmm. got a pool of 20 other players. So teams are going to have a 60-player pool to, from which to draw, as they'll say. Mm-hmm. So they'll have their 40-man roster and 20 other guys. Now, uh, they can be part of spring training, all 60. Now, the Phillies had more than that last we left off. I don't remember where the number was when we left. They've only released T.J. Rivera out of everybody uh, that, that was part of Philly spring training, which, of course, was massive. And T.J. Rivera didn't really play. Uh, before this all went down, but um, but they'll have 60 players from which to choose 40-man roster outside the 40-man roster so that the, the people like Josh Harrison, the people like um, uh, other minor league signees, all the pitchers we just talked about, you know, uh, Logan Forsythe, they're all going to be in that other category. So, um, so, the, so the, the, there's some room here, and, and there's going to be a three-man taxi squad, as they call it, that will travel with the team. So you, one of the, those three must be a catcher. So, um, so th- that is good news for um, Davy Grouillon, uh, who you know got got a cup mm-hmm. of coffee with the Phillies last year late and was in mm-hmm. spring training with the Phillies. So you figure that could be good for somebody like him. Uh, they had some other veteran catch, uh, catchers in camp, but I think they they probably would go Gruyon because he's on their forty man roster already. But you could take him, you could take an extra pitcher, take an extra bat, and right. th- that would be very very helpful there. So um, now here's an interesting thing that I did hear. So uh, a friend of mine that works as a hotel executive was saying that uh, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs was just this was a couple weeks ago. They were trying to book a whole block of rooms near Coca Cola Park in in Allentown. Uh, from July on, so it sounds like, uh, from from what I'm hearing, that might be where they they sort of place. I know you're asking about using AAA parks. Well, the Phillies might be using Coca-Cola Park to sort of be that place where that 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 other part of the pool that's not with the Phillies, whether it's the 40-man roster or the other part of the pool, they can hang out and play. Mm. 
So, so uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of flexibility here as you go forward. And really, there's no other better way you can do that, right? No, I think this, that was smart. I mean, I think you really need to have as many players at your disposal. You do wonder some of the players who are not regularly playing, how they kind of stay in the game. You know, it's one thing when you call up a minor leaguer who's been playing a bunch of games and is kind of rip and roaring ready to go. But if you've got ba- backups, and I assume that, that managers, whether they're impacted by COVID or not, will probably have to play their backups a little bit more just to keep them in, in steady rotation. You know, Bobby Valentine used to do this all the time. He used to play like every single player on, on, on his roster who was up and just give guys days off all the time. And, you know, some would say it would work. Others would say you're not putting out your best lineup, you know, as often as you can. Um, so we'll have to see. I think, I think this is where Joe Girardi, having a manager like Joe Girardi will help the Phillies, uh, someone who's managed for a long time, who is considered um, good at strategics, even though he managed an American League team because he also managed um, the Marlins, right? So he's managed National League in, in the past too and was manager of the year. So um, I think it'll just be uh, – no one's going to be used to this. It's going to be new for anyone, whether you're a good manager or not. But I do – I would rather have uh, a, a tactician like Joe Girardi right now than somebody who's just not, you know? You know what? The Phillies have a lot of flexibility. You know, those, those non-rostering invitees like the Phil – I mean, let's go through the list. Phil Goslin, Josh Harrison, yeah. Ronald Torres, uh, Neil Walker. Like, these guys can play all over the diamond. So it's, it's – yep. it's, it's, it's it's going to work out pretty well for them that they, they went and got some of these, uh, some of these very utility type players. And in fact, you know, some of our conversations back when we had were able to talk about baseball was like, all right, so who are we going to pick? <laughs> and and now, like they all seem to, you know, even if they aren't on the roster at the moment, they they really do play a critical role uh, given the circumstances. Definitely, and you know, it almost seemed press, prescient, but you, you know, they had no idea this was going to happen. But I think. Uh, excuse me, those guys even feel probably pretty good now about their opportunity to play and and be involved. Whereas you go to camp as a non-ruster invitee, you're just hoping to have a job. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, even the the non-ruster invitee pitcher, some of the ones you thought had no shot originally, like we we talked Mm -hmm. before about Damon Jones, a lefty who was kind of moving up the system. He might come into the conversation. They've had some non-ruster invitees like uh, um, Blake Parker, who pitched a little bit last year, Trevor Kelly, these guys, these guys aren't going to be totally total liabilities if you throw them out there. I mean, even though they are, they aren't the best relief arms in Major League Baseball. I mean, they, they have some depth, so that's going to work out pretty well for the Phillies, I think, when they uh, try to navigate through the system. And and let's face it, some of them some of them might have to be shut down at some point because of this virus. And hopefully, <laughs> if there's one good thing, now we we know that there are some players that have caught it. Uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer reported. Uh, that that Tommy Hunter was among them. Um, mm. You know, it, it's it's going to be helpful if they do get the virus, beat it, and they have some sort of resistance, right? I mean, <laughs> that would help. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, some might, people it, think that you know, the more people they get it now, the better, since it's it's the antibodies in their system. But we'll see if that really matters. And at, 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 a, at a hearing today, uh, even the famous Dr. Fauci was saying there seems to be indication of some level of resistance. So hopefully the players that got it, hopefully they don't have any complications. Hopefully they beat it, no problem, and they are in a good position to move forward. Well, it's time yeah. for us to take a break. There's still so much more to talk about, including a couple new rules for this next season. 
I don't know how I feel about them, Jeff, but we'll talk about them after this. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, this is the Powder Blue Podcast. Welcome back to the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. Hunter Brody is not with us this time, but he's with us in spirit. This is, this is our first emergency episode of Powder Blue because there will be baseball. Now, while there will Hopefully be baseball. Hopefully the last emergency episode of Powder Blue as well, I hope. <laughs> yeah, really. I don't yeah, want to have really. to do an emergency like baseball just got shut down by coronavirus in two weeks. Oh, I don't want that. <laughs> don't say that. That's, that's what the taxi squad and the, uh, and the extra players that are hanging out in Allentown are for, right? So they can... Uh, um, right. So, so hopefully it, it may not be Bryce Harper. You, you, you may have uh, Nick Maton in right field, but <laughs> there will be <laughs> Maybe baseball. Maybe our buddy Luke Lefwich will make a start. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's pitched in spring training before and formidable arm and uh, pitched very, very well in Reading last year. And he, he's somebody who could factor in. I mean, let's face it. This is a very unpredictable year. And, you know, he, he, he's somebody that really has a shot. So uh, th- that's nice to see. And, there could be a lot of really neat storylines about this and hearing people make the major leagues for the first time in, in light of all this. So very, very interesting uh, how this is going to work out. And now um, one thing that we haven't really seen on rosters recently because of the way that the bullpens have been used, you know, we, for, when I was growing up, there was a six man bullpen. And I remember in 1997, <laughs> Terry Francona saying there would be a seven man bullpen. And I thought, Whoa, that's so much, but we're up to okay, eight. Boomer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're we're up to eight. And I know. now that we have an extra roster spot, is there room for a speedster? Uh, now, the reason why you might want to have a speedster on your roster is this report from from Bob Nightingale of USA Today. He says all extra inning games will start with a runner on second base beginning in the tenth inning. Jeff, what do you think of that? I don't get it. All right. I know that baseball has talked about this in the past. They want to spice up the game a little bit. I feel like they're using uh, the coronavirus and the shortened season as an excuse because I feel like what their message is that we really don't want these 15, 16, 17 inning marathon games when we're trying to sandwich 60 games into 66 mm-hmm. days here. However, I would have to ask that if both teams get to start with one runner on second base, when they bat in their inning, how is it any different than starting with zero runners on? You're giving them the same advantage. So you're saying, well, it's easier to, to, to score a run now. Well, then it's easier for both teams. So what you're going to have is a game ends in a 2-2 tie, goes to extra innings, then top of the 10th, team A gets up first, runner on second, they bunt him over, a sacrifice fly, he scores. Great. They go up by a run. Then the same thing, team in, in the bottom of the inning is going to do the same exact thing. Like, I don't see how this is going to prevent anything. It's just going to prevent a higher score by the end of the marathon. I, I suppose they figure that the chances are better that it'll be over with sooner. Like, I, like that, that's the only explanation I can really have here, right? Because, in the, yeah, so yeah, let's say you're the Phillies. If you haven't used Roman Quinn yet, he's going to be your guy on second base. Then you send up Vince Velasquez to bunt. Right? Does it have and to then, be a bench player? I guess it has to be a bench player. Yeah, that I, I assume you, you can't use somebody who's in the game already. So uh, whoever didn't start in center, Adam Hastley or, or, or Roman Quinn, you're going to throw him on right. second base, uh, bunt him over. Uh, maybe, maybe you get Vinny Velasquez, uh, you know, 
have him take some bunting practice. You know, he's a little athletic, right? So you, he could be your designated bunter. And then, then you try to get one of the big boys to, to, to hit the sack fly. But you know what? If, uh, if, if that execution doesn't happen, I mean, I mean, all right, let's face it. I, who, who knows how to bunt anymore, right? So I, yeah. I think you're maybe taking it Shoot, for granted. Vinny Velasquez is going to be my extra runner. I mean, he's such a good athlete. I'm just going to put him at second base. <laughs> yeah, I'd have him as my bunter, you know, because uh, – you know, because you have somebody hone the craft. If he's, especially if he's starting, uh, or um, some semblance of that, you know, you want you want to be able to to, to maximize your roster. So, I, I suppose you could you could have him pinch hit and and bunt, and then, uh, then yeah. But you're not going to put him in to bunt if you have a really good ball player up at if it's your fourth, fifth, or sixth hitter. You're not going to do that. You're not going to take like uh, you know uh, JT Real Muto out to have. That's, Vinny Velasquez going there know, and bunt, but he's a good enough athlete where you can have him as your runner without having to worry about Roman Quinn. You know, if great, you want to play Roman point. Quinn that game. Now, this is where some strategy will come into play. Do you do you try to bunt if you have JT Romuto up? Or are you trying to have him single and and hope that Roman Quinn can score? Ah, uh, shoot! You know, knowing the way the game is played these days, no one's going to bunt that guy over. <laughs> yeah, they don't like to. They don't like to sacrifice anymore. So. No, they don't. <laughs> So I don't know. Maybe maybe we're taking this for granted too much, or, or you know, the, or or maybe the runner steals third, and then and then the, 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 I think you were saying. Well, here's earlier. what's going to happen. What's going to happen is they're going to start bunting guys over originally, right? And then the teams, after they're in the now 13th inning and realize that both teams are equally successful at the bunt and the sack fly, then they're going to say, "Screw this! This is why we haven't been doing this." For the last five, six years, we're just going to start swinging away and trying to get a two-run home run out of this instead of getting the <laughs> one run that everybody's getting every half inning. Oh man, I I don't know. This 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 is uh, this 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 will bear watching. You know, I I know some <laughs> of the sabermetrics people say that. You know, remember the remember this remember the old school number two hitter, the Placido Polanco would come up oh, yeah. and it was his job to move the runner and make productive outs and. Yeah, the numbers people say that it's less less likely that that will be productive than if the, you just let them hit. <laughs> so they they sort of skipped mm-hmm. over the Placido Polanco role in in, in baseball. And um, yeah, there's 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 got to be a good approach to this. I I don't know. Now this was experimented with at the World Baseball Classic, but I don't know if there's enough data that the numbers people have actually have been able to look at this yet and see see what exactly has uh, where this goes. Uh, but I, but I think the idea is just that you, you, if you have a runner on base, it's more likely to be over quicker. I don't see how that's possible. I just see it's more likely to score a run. <laughs> but that makes it more likely for both teams to be able to score a run. It's like saying, like, what if we just give each team one run? <laughs> the game ended two two. Now it's three three. Let's see what that kind of what kind of impact that has. <laughs> By the way, I'm looking at some of the responses uh, to to Bob Nightingale's tweet. So, uh, my my favorite comes from former MLB pitcher Dan Harron. You might remember him, very successful pitcher with the Oakland A's and uh, yep. pitched with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, but he says, "Here's his question." He says, "How do earn runs and win losses work for the pitcher?" R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, that's a really good question now 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 uh twitter is very resourceful so somebody did reply reply to, to heron who who got a lot of attention for that tweet but he says if it's like the world baseball classic the pitcher will take the loss if that run scores but it will be an unearned run the most arbitrary unearned <laughs> run 
ever. You <laughs> lost the game, but you didn't give up that run. Yeah, that's that. That's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I just, the pitchers aren't going to like this very much. No, I, I don't think baseball purists are going to like it. I, I, I even hitters, I don't think are going to love that. Well, some somebody says is nothing sacred. I'm just reading through some of these comments. Is nothing <laughs> sacred? Uh, here we go. Here's a good one. Uh, it, MLB is this close <laughs> to adopting the entire basketball rule book. <laughs> you ever see that movie? <laughs> yeah, it was a good movie. <laughs> uh, South Park well, guys. If you haven't seen basketball, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's an old movie now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We're we're old, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> so um, this is definitely a get off my lawn type of rule. I'm sure if Hunter would be, like, oh, I love it. I think it's great. It's going to bring more excitement to the game. No, it's stupid. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. It doesn't level the playing field. Not in my opinion. How about, the, how about this one? This, this is a suggestion. He says, uh, might as well have a home run derby to decide the winner. <laughs> I like that, right? right? Like the, the, like the shoot-off well, in the not, NHL? Th- would those be unearned runs for the pitcher? <laughs> <laughs> Who takes the loss? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you had a home run derby to end to decide a game, who would be the winning pitcher and who would be the losing pitcher of that game? What a you mess. might have to put the tie in to the, to the pitch starting pitching record or the no decision, I guess. Here's a good, here's a good response. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, there's a serious one and there's a funny one. So I'll, I'll give you the serious one first. It says, why can't we just end games and ties this year? That's not a bad idea. You know, I was thinking that. I was thinking that when I read the Bob Nightingale tweet, why don't they just have ties? They're worried about getting the hell out of there. Well, they're just <laughs> call yeah, a tie seriously. and go home. Just, yeah, you got a tie. It's not like you have to, um, you know, you're, you have to worry about offending the fan who paid a lot of money for that and wants to see an outcome. By, I mean, my God, just have a tie. Yeah, people at home, they'll want to go to bed anyway, right? You know, so they're just paying their cable bill to, to watch. So yeah. that, that was, that was, that's a serious question. I think that's a good one. And how about this one? Why not just load the bases two outs and three two count in the batter? <laughs> That's pretty since, funny. Since, since we're just going for anything here, so this is, this is uh, I don't know. I, the second the second base thing just seems so arbitrary, but uh, yeah, but yeah, this is this is uh, there's there's some really good responses. If you have time, just go on Twitter and see what people are saying. Obviously, I could read them all day, but. Uh, I will, I, I, I will spare you. I will spare you that, but, but, but what else could they do? If, if I mean, they're, they're trying to, aside from the tie, which I, which I don't think is a bad idea. I don't think the tie is a bad idea for this year. I mean, you know, that this year is going to be unlike other years. I mean, what, and then the worry of course is what if this sticks? I think that's going to be people's worries. I, mean, I think the designated hitter is going to stick. I think, I think, of that's, course, I of think, course. I think that's here forever. And uh, I, unfortunately, yes, I agree. And as as we said before, um, you know, uh, I can't, I, maybe you weren't on that episode, but um, you know, I think Matt Albertson of Sports Talk Philly hopped on and gave us some DH history. But I, I think I think once they go DH, that's that's never coming back. But I th- and I, and I was I was never for it, but I just sort of accepted it as a reality. It was going to happen at some point or another. Uh, yeah. But but this this second base thing, I. <laughs> Uh, this this can't stay. That, that's not that's not something that I would be in favor of. of, of keeping it just around. doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. I just it, it's senseless. That's all I can say. Oh man. 
Well, more and more, this is uh, this is leaking out here. A couple other little tidbits Nightingale has here. So mm-hmm. um, MLB has the right to relocate teams during the regular season to neutral sites for health and safety reasons, including the postseason. So okay. So the Philadelphia Phillies could end up playing in Detroit, so, you know, just because. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe that's where the AAA ballparks come in. Uh, you know, the fact that yeah, I would think it would be more like you know you're playing in Lehigh Valley, right, than than Detroit. Yeah, and then uh, uh, here we go. A couple other things that just came out. So uh, from yeah, this is all night. There's so much that's breaking right now. Even even as we record this, I know we we had to wait to see what the crux of this was, but. Uh, now, like the Rockies, uh, all-star Charlie Blackmon and two teammates test positive for COVID-19 at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. So they, they, got out of, they got out of Arizona, but they are testing positive at Coors Field. So we're, we're seeing a lot of this happening right now. Hopefully when everybody arrives, they're going to they're gonna test them, and you will know right away if they have it or not, and they can kind of contain them from here. Now, here here's so why, too. let me ask you this, though, real quick. Why, like for the Phillies who caught it down in Clearwater – why wasn't the facility shut down like everything else has been shut down for the last round? Why were there players at that facility practicing when there was no baseball? It's a great question. I, they- I, think the, I think the idea was that the, the rehabbing play, I mean, it was really the rehabbing players. Now, again, the only name we know for sure is Tommy Hunter. Uh, but if, if, if players needed to rehab, I think ultimately after they, they knew it was going to be a while and, and they were still in the area, they said, all right, you can, you can rehab here. Well, we have, we have one more quick segment to wrap up. We'll be back after this. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. This is the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. This is the Powder Blue Podcast. We're just wrapping up our Baseball is Back edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Baseball will resume within a week, and we'll be able to talk about baseball again. You know, all the storylines we've abandoned, how Joe Girardi will manage. By the way, remember, he's the manager. Uh, the fanatic legal wranglings, that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be the fifth starter? We'll get to talk about that, but but Jeff, based on what you know today, how do you see this Philly season working out for them? Well, you know, I think um, I think because of the way they've been the last few years, very competitive from the start, and the fact that you know they've got some good juice to them, more so in the batting than than the pitching staff, and and with Girardi aboard, I think he'll he'll have them prepared. I think they're going to be pretty pretty in the mix here, you know. Um, we didn't really talk about the playoff format, right? I mean, is there going to be that's are they unchanged. doing that's Yeah. Unchanged. So it's going to be the same play just two wild card teams from that's, each league, that, right? That, as of now, that's that's the deal. No extra playoffs. Yeah. They might become victims of having to play the American League East uh in those teams, assuming those teams are going to be good. I don't know, but um I do think that they're going to be in the mix. And um I'm looking forward to my first Hector Neres I read. <laughs> Sure, that'll happen a week or two into the to the season. Well, in closing, I will say this. I think this is a season where you throw it all up in the air and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> Somebody will get sick on different teams. Some players will be shut down. A small injury is going to end somebody's season the second weekend. 
this is going to be a season unlike other seasons. My suggestion is enjoy baseball being back. Watch the team you like. Root for them. Root, root, root for the home team. And if they don't win, it's a shame. I don't know what else to, to do for this 2020 season. But there is a 2020 season. And next week when we talk to you, Phillies could be reporting to camp. Can't wait. For the Powder Blue Podcast, Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, and for Hunter Brody, who is off this week, we will catch you next time.